Hi, everybody. I hope you are doing well. You've made it to part four of my healing story. And so I'm going to be sharing that with you today. This is the big part here where I was able to shift timelines. I was transfigured and reborn and I left the labyrinth of healing. And make sure to listen to the other parts of my story before jumping in here. Uh, otherwise you might be a little lost. So this is the rebirth. So if you'll remember from part three, I had been moving through all of these gates where the universe was giving me these opportunities to learn how to ground into earth by practicing acceptance and releasing resistance to being here on earth and being in this earth body that I had felt like had failed me. So I had had my first procedure. Remember, I, I had, my past self had told me to move forward with that. And I did, and I was starting to improve. And my pots started getting better. And remember pots? <laughs> I always forget, not everybody knows what pots is. I know I didn't know what pots was until I discovered I had it, even though I'd had it for decades. Um, pots is postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. So because all of my blood tends to pool in my lower uh, half of my body, has a hard time getting up to my heart and my brain. And so uh, I like to say that I'm allergic to gravity. I, I do a lot better when I'm sitting or even horizontal. So I was starting to be able to do basic things again, you know, like cook and clean, do stuff around the house, on my feet. Uh, stairs were still very difficult. But, uh, you know, basic stuff. And that was a huge win for me. So I was really looking forward to having my stent procedure, the second surgery. I had it scheduled. Um, but while I was, I was looking forward to it being over, <laughs> I was feeling a little weird about it. Um, in hindsight, I was able to see that what I had done was I had bypassed my intuition here in hopes of, you know, just wanting to have this normal life. And I, I hadn't really fully weighed the risks. I was kind of, I kind of had my fingers in my ears like, la, 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 it's all going to be fine. Um, and I wasn't doing anything to help my body prepare, right? I was just kind of going to walk into it. Um, which is not really like me. I'm, I'm a birth doula. Like I, risks and benefits are my jam. <laughs> I'm usually really good at making those kinds of decisions. Um, so I had kind of rushed, rushed this decision, even though my intuition was kind of like, Hey, <laughs> slow it down a little bit. So what ended up happening was my family got exposed to COVID days before the procedure. And so I postponed it. Um, you know, I didn't know if we had COVID. I didn't want to potentially expose anybody, any other patients or the staff, you know. 
And so this ended up actually being a gift from the universe. And I'll, I'll circle back to that. So I was also, I was getting ready to share this story, right? My uh, past life healing story in my business, kind of similar to what I'm doing now. I thought that my method and my process for helping others was ready. Uh, and then now it was time to share it with the world and kind of distill it into my own signature program. But what I didn't realize at the time was that I was still in the labyrinth. <laughs> like I hadn't, I hadn't, uh, I hadn't left yet. I hadn't been reborn yet. I hadn't completed my own healing. It's like I was a half done job. You know, I'd, I'd uncovered the past life wound, but I hadn't fully integrated it yet. And there was still this major final step in this leg of my healing journey that I just, I couldn't even see it yet. And it was because I didn't know it existed until it spontaneously appeared. Um, reminds me of the story of Magellan and the the ships. Um, there was a explorer named Magellan probably a colonizer <laughs> to be honest Magellan uh, landed on a island and the indigenous people there were they had never seen a giant ship before right this is the first time seeing a, a big ship with big sails and so what happened was that the indigenous people of the island they couldn't see the boats they couldn't see the ship. They couldn't see the sails. What they could see, they could see the canoes of the people who, you know, going to and from the big ship that was anchored there on the shore, but they couldn't see the actual ship. So what what happened was the people from the ship, they they went and spoke with the, you know, the um, the shamans and, you know, the kind of spiritual leaders of the uh, the tribe. And after doing that, they were able to get, you know, explaining what it looked like. Eventually, the shamans were able to see the ship. And then the shamans had to explain to the rest of the population <laughs> that there was a ship there until eventually everybody could see the ship, Right. We, we can't always conceive of something that is so out of our realm of understanding and what we know is possible because, it, you know, our conscious minds can't even, if they've never seen it before, can't necessarily wrap their head around it. And that was kind of what had happened with me. Like, I there was no... I had no idea there could be any other possible way to kind of complete my story because it was this whole new thing I was jumping into and forging without, uh, you know, I was the the captain of the the ship who was trying to um, figure out my own way. So it was very interesting. It kind of had to spontaneously appear for me to to see it and understand it because my brain hadn't experienced it yet. 
you know, I was so used to working with past lives. And so in working with my clients, you know, my scope of what was possible and my methodology had all been focused on integrating past lives into our current lives. But it wasn't on my radar yet that I could have access to a future life or what that would even look like, you know, my own or my clients. In my training as a beyond quantum healer, I had learned what to do in the event of a future life coming up in a session, but I'd never encountered one. I'd encountered parallel lives before, but not a future life. Um, I just had never thought to intentionally ask for a future life or utilize that as a tool uh, because it was just kind of a concept to me. I hadn't seen the ships yet. And so that was until my own future fractal of myself showed up spontaneously. So I like to meditate in the bath. See, we're, we're all going to start coming full circle here. Because remember how in my session, my past life session, water was something that my past life said I, you know, I needed to be in water. I needed to float. I needed to take baths and salt that that would be a place of healing for me and so I was taking a bath and the children were at grandma's house so I was able to kind of be fully present in my own body if you're a parent you understand how if the children are home your ears are always kind of perked up so I got to kind of turn that off which was nice so I've had experiences of spontaneously channeling before which could be a whole other podcast episode. I have some very weird stories. Uh, usually it happens in like a dream form, uh, but which is delta brainwave state. But I was uh, listening to Theta by Neural Beats while I was taking a bath, which helped facilitate the Theta brainwave state where you have access to quantum realms which is just exactly what we use in quantum hypnosis. It operates in the theta state. That's how you, that's like your ramp into the, um, into the quantum map. And this time I was asking for my guide, which I usually do in meditation. And I heard a voice come through. And this is different because usually when I communicate with my guides, I will see images. Um, every once in a while, maybe I'll hear like a song lyric or something um, that'll come out of the blue. That's kind of how they communicate with me. But this time, it was a it was a clear voice. And at first, I thought it was my own inner voice, like you know your own kind of inner narr narrator, because mine never really shuts up. <laughs> But what I noticed immediately was that it was a different voice than mine. I hadn't heard it before. And it was in how she spoke. Uh, she was more mature and wise sounding. She sounded a little bit like this was what came to mind super random. I used to be really into the movie Fern Gully that came out like in the 90s. 
Uh, and there's this old fairy named Maggie, and she was like the old wise fairy of the forest. And she, you know, would talk about the delicate balance of life and blah, 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 blah. And so she she sounded like her. Um, and so I was thinking, well, I guess I should ask her some questions and see what happens. Um, what I noticed was that I couldn't affect the answers. They were just kind of coming in. So I inquired who she was. <laughs> she said she was the future fourth density fractal of me that I would become in this lifetime. And so um, fourth density, if you go back to my last podcast episode, um, I break down density in that one. So I had a lot of questions <laughs> about what this all meant. Um, you know, was she alive now in a parallel life or like somewhere on a different planet <laughs> or or what? And she told me that my questions were irrelevant. She just kind of shut me down. Um, I asked if she was, you know, extraterrestrial. Like, who are you? And she said, well, of course, you know, you are, aren't you? And so I was like, okay. So I had a lot more questions about that. Like, do you mean me specifically? Or that like we all are, right? Um, but she wasn't interested in answering them because she was here for a very specific purpose. So I gave up on that. She was here to set me straight and give me some tough love and help me come back down to earth to focus on the present right here on this planet to help kind of close uh, close the loop, right, from what had been started from my past life session. And it was coming from this entirely new perspective, which was from the future. You know, she's very different than my past life personality, which you heard. And she was not interested in coddling me either. And she was not also like my past self weeping the whole time or anything. She's just very energetically very different. More of like a, um, you know, like a grandma who takes no shit. So she told me that I'm so powerful at manifestation that I created my own suffering, both emotionally and physically in this lifetime. So her first lesson to me was in helping me see how I actually already understood why my body was not functioning as it was designed to. And the way that she helped explain this to me was through the metaphor of birth, which is not only an anatomical knowledge, but also spiritual and energetic art form. So remember, I'd been a doula for years, and so she said that my understanding of the birth arts would help me understand everything from the body to the universe to subtle energy. You know, it's a really subtle skill set of allowing for ease and space and flow and surrender. And so, you know, so the babies can and bodies can work together to do what they're designed to do without 
without getting in the way of the process unnecessarily. So she reminded me that the reason why physiologic birth doesn't always go to plan is that uh, there can be some sort of interference in the process, which a process that, you know, is perfect by design. You know, whether it be an emotion, like fear, fear can get in the way of a labor progressing, you know, a ligament in the pelvis that's too tight because most of us sit in a desk chair all day instead of, you know, walking and foraging and doing things that uh, our bodies would normally be designed to do, right? Or could be an eager OB who wants to actively manage later the labor, uh, thereby interfering and causing an intervention cascade, right? Interference in the process. And she helped me see how that applies to all pathologies and also just energy and all of the um, forces of the universe in general. She told me that for me, within my body, every time I wished things were different, I created a deviation on the cellular level, uh, which had been happening since I was a child, right? That my thoughts created the physical manifestations of my pain in my body, and it was my feeling of guilt, right, that came from my past life that I brought with me that had started that reaction. And she said that I would have been perfectly healthy because I started out as a clean slate. You know, cells want to order themselves in the way they're programmed to. Uh, but oftentimes it's dissonance, which creates a deviation uh, that they don't. And of course, I'm not speaking for everyone. From from my work as a beyond quantum healer, I encounter people who choose to have certain challenges in their lives as a part of their soul's path, right? But in my case, it was different. Uh, my health issues were instead caused by me, <laughs> by my own resistance. So my thoughts were creating the physical manifestations uh, of illness in my body since I was very young. And it was my feeling of guilt that I brought from my past life that, you know, became a domino effect. She showed me that order and organization exists in the universe and in bodies. You know, water wants to go to water. Gravity uh, pulls us down. Buoyancy pulls things up. Babies come out, right? The river flows unless there's an obstruction. Sometimes the obstruction is a thought. Like in my case. And so she talked me through my stent surgery being postponed. And she told me that it was actually supposed to happen that way. Because I wasn't seeing the big picture. And making my decision from, you know, a clean place. Right? The surgeon, he would be busting through a lot of scar tissue around the compressions, the vascular compressions that I have with a balloon before inserting the stent, which he had warned me 
it would be more painful than labor, <laughs> which I was not looking forward to. And so what she told me was that this procedure and this approach to health is very much the masculine obstetrical approach, right? If we're going back to birth here, essentially, you know, you go in by force, you blow it open without the body's consent. And, you know, it goes back to birth when it, it's usually managed by OBs in the Western world, um, which isn't, you know, OBs are not bad necessarily, but sometimes OBs have, are so focused on this, um, kind of, you know, manage, 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 as opposed to allow, um, allow and let the body do what it needs to do and back off unless there's a reason to intervene, right? And so that's what I mean by this obstetrical approach, you know, where there's oftentimes a lack of consent, literally, you know, in the birth world, literally from the family or um, for, you know, from the body, from the baby. And this is in contrast to the ancient art of midwifery, right? Which is more, um, you know, allowing, surrendering, supporting, only intervening if necessary. Which is uh, my approach as a doula, is more uh, the midwifery approach. So what my future self was, so what my future self said was that, I should be applying the wisdom that I already know from being a doula, right? And my understanding of midwifery, you know, listening to and working with the body and with the woman, the birthing person, rather than just going in and forcing it. You know, when we talk to and listen to the body, the body responds. So what she told me to do was to ask the scar tissue, you know, all the scar tissue that I had, what what it had to say. Like, why was it there? And I did. And what it said was that it was my resistance to being here on earth that caused it to form. And I needed to get really, she said I needed to get really curious about the scar tissue and to prepare my body so that it didn't reject the stent. Um, which happens to some people who get it. And it can never be removed if your body rejects it. You know, so not to just rush into it, blow it open, but really soften into it and get the full consent of my body every step of the way, which is something that I had <laughs> just never even occurred to me to do. She also gave me some really interesting information about what I chose for this lifetime, which was totally contrary to what I had assumed. You know, as a, a star seed, right? Somebody who volunteered to come here from outside our solar system uh, during this lifetime. I, you know, and working <laughs> my previous job, right? Uh, in the Federation level, helping you know, with galactic affairs and stuff and having all this responsibility. It's like, I, once I learned that about myself, I kind of assumed that, oh, well, I must have volunteered here to come, you know, I had something important to do. I had to help. I had to, like, save the world, right? <laughs> um, but 
you because I had all this uh, feelings of responsibility and the weight of the world, right? That that I had really felt, especially as a kid, where that past life had been really bleeding over into this life. And it really caused me to be so frenetic in this lifetime and just being really driven and like I always had to be doing something significant and I was never doing enough and it's this like chaotic energy that I always felt inside you know I never slept well my brain was always on I, I felt like I could never rest um, you know remember my past life session where it started out where my my light body was just like zooming through the galaxy at the speed of light right like that's that's always what I felt like on the inside and always like really keyed up like that. Um, and so, you know, I would do things like build businesses and get into all these crazy hobbies and uh, take tons of action all the time and just like always, always doing something and always kind of on the verge of burnout or burnt out, <laughs> right? Um, you know, my, my, if you look at my birth chart because I'm really into astrology too um my birth chart is it's all fire right it's besides one air and one water you know there's no earth like it's um not the most grounded uh chart but that's just the type of energy I came here with which has been frustrating with having physical limitations right which created more resistance it's just a snowball effect uh, but what she told me was that I actually chose to be a woman in this life because it was my turn to work on my feminine expression of energy as opposed to uh, my kind of default masculine expression. And I was, she told me how unbalanced I was, uh, that Really, what I had chosen was that this would be my lifetime where I would actually rest. You know, I'd heal. I would have a family, enjoy life, be taken care of, and just have a love-filled life, right? And receive. To take a break from intergalactic problems. Instead, my masculine energy was unhinged and had been expressing itself in a really unhealthy way in this urge to like blaze through and conquer and burn things down um, without really being able to sink into the feminine as well. So it's my lifetime to rest and to let go of that need. So I'm supposed to let others take care of me and receive abundance she told me to look around at what I have manifested in my life even with resistance right my beautiful children my wonderful partner my dream job you know she told me that manifest manifestation works because it has to flow it's always flowing and it's always flowing towards me it's always flowing towards all of us but the only way to stop ourselves from receiving it is to block that flow 
with our thoughts, right? Of like things should be different or it shouldn't be this way or I'm not doing enough or I don't deserve this, right? She showed me that I created this wonderful life, but now that I had it, I didn't want it. And that, that hurt. <laughs> but that's what I needed to hear. You know, it was like, I want it, I want it off. I want it off this planet. <laughs> I had one foot in this life and one foot out since I was born. And so this opened up a new question, which was, you know, what, what else am I creating? What else am I capable of creating in this life if I unblocked that resistance channel, right? But first, my mission was to love the life that I created, right? Unconditionally. So then she brought in an Arcturian to help me reset my mind and to be more open to integrating all of this. So let me explain a little bit about Arcturus energy. Arcturians are, you know, it's another star system, another galactic species. At this time, uh, the Arcturian energy is in a sixth density expression, right? So that's, uh, we talked about the different densities last time. And, you know, it's more of a group consciousness. And it's experienced kind of like an energy. And sometimes, um, you know, you can, as a human, you can experience Arcturians as individual beings. Uh, but it's, that's kind of like a convenience to help us connect to the energy, which was interesting because, you know, when she brought in the Arcturian, it would just sound like a normal woman who was speaking to me um, rather than like a, an energy or a consciousness. And um, Arcturian energy, it's the energy of deep, unconditional love. You connect to this energy during birth and death. So I had probably actually been working with Arcturian energy, um, you know, in, in birth and death as a doula before anyway, because I had been accustomed to actually feeling this um, subtle energetic sensation before. And a lot of people who do healing work can connect with Artur Arcturian energy and channel it through them. And it helps facilitate deep emotional healing to help transform blockages in the heart. So I stayed in the bath and closed my eyes and kind of felt that energy wash over me for a while. And my cat, she was right next to me the whole time, Pom-Pom. Her name's Pom-Pom. Uh, you know, she's the one that I talked about in my past life session that my past life brought up. And, you know, she's She's always by my side for these experiences. I don't know if she's helping or she just is, uh, well, I guess she's always with me, so <laughs> that's probably why. But I'm sure she gets the entourage effect. And so my past life had said that she had special healing powers for me, right? She has a, a brain disorder that causes her to be a little different than 
typical cats. And we have a really strong, strong bond. And so when my past self talked about this, I didn't really know what the significance was. But so my future self brought it up. She said that what it was, the reason that Pom Pom would help me so much is because she she helped me see that I would never, ever want to change or swap out Pom Pom, right? Because of her disability or because she requires more care, right? Like she needs a little extra care. She, um, you know, sometimes I have to spot cleaner or, um, you know, I, we, we have to kind of like carry her up and down the stairs sometimes, but, um, you know, she's just so sweet. I just, I love, I don't mind at all. Like I, I love to care for her. I feel connected to her when I care for her, right? Because she's precious and she's worthy of love. And what my future life said was that that's just how I am. I'm, I'm just like her. Like, I don't need to feel guilty for needing extra help around the house or extra support from my family, right? Because that was something that I had struggled with for, <laughs> for a while, which was as my health got worse, you know, I was more dependent on others. And I hated that. Um, but so that, you know, there's more resistance there. But what my future life helped me see was that, like, I didn't need to feel guilty about that. Like, I deserve all the love and extra care from others. And that's not a bad thing. Like, I don't have to have the same physical stamina as other people. People can come to me. Like, I don't have to go to them. And if, if somebody is worth having in my life, you know, they'll, they'll come to me. And I, you know, I'd never change pom-pom. I'd never ask for her to, you know, like, oh, I just wish I had a cat that was easier. Her disability allows for so much more intimacy and love in our relationship and opportunities for that, right? And that that can be the same for me, for the other people in my life. I don't have to feel guilty about being a burden to them. And so since this experience happened with my future self, it feels like I was given a redo in life in so many ways. Like the, that resistance, it just, it melted away. I healed my past life wound. Like I feel settled and grounded now. I feel that I have unconditional love for myself and, you know, my body, even if it doesn't perform how I want it to. You know, I feel, I feel peaceful within, <laughs> which is weird <laughs> because I've always felt so chaotic and frenetic like my whole life. But now it's like I'm finally able to just kind of surrender and receive and trust 
you know, I'm more present in my life with my kids, with my partner, with my relationship with myself. It, this is where, you know, it feels like I, I jumped the timeline, right, to my highest one because my life feels so radically different than it did before I stepped in to this labyrinth. I'm most likely getting the stent surgery this summer, but this time I feel confident that I have control over having full consent from my body because I know the work that I need to do to receive the health that's on the other side of it. Like I don't feel guilty for needing support from others. And I'm finally able to see that my impact on the world is so much bigger being at peace with myself and with my life and grounded here, right? Than being all over the place because I'm trying to escape, right? I'm a better healer for that. I'm a better coach for that. And it's led me to reimagine how I help people. I was wondering, you know, was it possible to incorporate future lifetimes into my program to help integrate the wisdom from excavating this past life wound, right? Because I've been, I'd been bringing up past life wounds for months. Uh, and working with that and coaching around that. But I didn't have this um, final component to close the the loop right and the answer was yes like I started experimenting with my clients to see what would happen if we start accessing future lives and it worked for them too so this unlocked a new level of possibilities for my clients and how I help them and I'm planning on sharing some of these sessions with you so you can hear what they sound like and follow the arc, right? Follow the same arc that I traveled as well to help people jump their own timelines. It's magical stuff. So thank you for listening to my story. I want you to know that you also have the ability to heal on a soul level. So for support from me, go to the show notes of this podcast or to my website, monetflorencecoaching.com to book a quantum connection call with me for free. And let's talk. All right. I love you all. Bye. I'll see you next week.